Hey, welcome back to Dad's Bedtime Stories. Once again, I always like to start by thanking everyone who's liked the podcast, rated the podcast, or shared the podcast. Those things really make a big difference, and I appreciate everyone who's out there doing it. I'd also like to remind everyone that you can submit ideas to this podcast. So, if you have an idea for a planet you want to see the characters visit or something like that, just write to me at dad.bedtimestories at gmail.com and you may just see your idea turn to reality. We are now on to episode 79, which is absolutely crazy. This is Planet of the Magi, part 4, The Four Elements. So just sit back in your bed, get as comfy as you can, and imagine yourself doing what the kid in the story does. You wake up once again in the wizard's tower. You get out of the very comfortable bed, stretch your arms, and stand up. As soon as you do, the room comes to life. The bed suddenly makes itself. Brooms fly up into the air and dusters, and the room immediately starts to be cleaned by magic flying cleaning things. It's pretty neat. You notice something by the door that you haven't seen before. It looks like a robe and a hat or something. You walk over to it and on it is a note that says, put this on. Mm, Okay, what harm can come from that you figure? You quickly put on the robe and the little hat and you look at yourself in a mirror. It's a wizard's robe and hat. I guess this must be because we're going to the Magic Academy today, you remember. You grab your staff that's been sitting up against the wall and you check in with Spaceship for a second. Spaceship, are you there? Yes, I am still invisible, hovering over the building. Phew. Well, sorry we haven't hung out much yet. I haven't told them about the spaceship, but today I'm going to go to the Magic Academy and learn more about magic. Isn't that cool? That sounds like fun. I will stay nearby at all times, says Spaceship. You haven't really had to use Spaceship much lately, but it makes you feel comforted that it's still around and watching out for you. You leave the room and walk down the winding staircase to where the wizard is sitting in his living room. Good morning, says the wizard. Are you ready to get going? Uh, I guess so. Do I need anything with me? Nah, you have the robe on and the hat and your staff. That's all you're really gonna need, says the wizard. Now, let's get going. You walk outside with the wizard. You expect the wizard to turn his bird into a giant bird and jump on its back, but he doesn't. Today, I thought we'd do it a bit differently. If you're going to be going to a magic academy, explains the wizard, then it's best to arrive in magic style. We're going to fly there. Have you, uh, flown before? I can't remember. Well, I have flown once or twice, but I'm always a little scared to. 
The wizard who taught me magic told me that if I don't believe I can fly more than the people around me, I might suddenly fall out of the sky. You say, Don't worry about that, says the wizard. On this planet, magic's everywhere. People basically expect you to fly. Oh, well, good point then. You say, Now, show me what you got, says the wizard. You lift your staff off the ground and hold it in both hands. You close your eyes and start by focusing your attention on a feeling of happiness and of relaxation and of freedom. As you let that emotion fill your entire body, you allow the magic to flow out and into your staff. You imagine yourself lifting up off the ground and a strange tingling sensation passes through your body and you begin to feel weightless. You open your eyes and you're lifting off the ground higher and higher into the air without the help of anything else, like your spaceship or your space suit, or even Changer. Where is Changer anyways, you think? You see something moving inside your pocket, and a little mouse pokes its head out. Changer, there you are. Well, hold on, buddy. This time, I'm gonna carry us. The wizard flies up in the air beside you and says, Follow me. He zooms off into the sky at an amazingly fast pace. Whoa, you say. You lift your arms up in the air a little bit and then press them down to your sides and suddenly shoot off up into the air as quickly as you can imagine it. You feel the air rushing past your face and your body as you fly after the wizard the wind is actually very strong pushing against you when you fly like this, but you keep it up, squinting your eyes just a little bit to stop the wind from getting in. The wizard flies through a cloud and up above it. You follow him and as soon as you get above the cloud, all you can see is the sun, the blue sky and a layer of clouds below you that looks like a ground made of cotton. You follow the wizard just above the clouds, and the clouds fly out to the sides as you pass through them. Once again you pass over top of forests, streams, lakes and rivers, you pass over a mountain, and then you come to the ocean. You and the wizard lower down closer to the ocean. This way, he says. He suddenly speeds up again, flying straight across the ocean to what looks like an island in the distance. You follow the wizard, and soon the island in the distance starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger 
until you can see it in its entirety. It's a gigantic island with lakes and rivers all its own, surrounded by a gigantic forest. And in the center of the island on the top of a hill is a huge castle looking building. Around the castle are some fields and large open areas. You and the wizard fly straight towards the castle and the wizard comes down for a landing just in front of its gates. He lands on the ground and you land after him. A little less easily than he did, but after that much flying, it was starting to feel pretty natural. In front of you are huge gates. The wizard waves his wand once more, creates a little flicker of light on the top of it, and shoots it into the giant door. The giant door makes a huge binging sound, and then the doors begin to open. You and the wizard walk through the doors, and on either side of you, all you can see is young children dressed in wizard's robes, walking around carrying books, practicing spells, and in some cases flying around on broomsticks. He wondered what the point of the broomsticks were, seeing as wizards could fly without them, but he didn't think too much of it. It seemed kind of natural watching them fly around the castle chasing each other. The wizard leads you up to the castle doors and you go inside. You walk through a huge open corridor into a hallway on the other end. First, I'm gonna take you to learn about the four elements. The four elements, you say? Yeah. There's fire, which you already know a little bit about, but too little for your own good if you ask me. Then there's earth, then there's water, and there's air. Um, where I come from, there's a lot more elements than that. We always figured when older cultures talked about those four elements that they just didn't know everything about the universe, you say. Well, that's hogwash, says the wizard. The four elements aren't the only elements that exist. They're more like metaphors. Each one gives you a needed understanding of the world around you. Fire, for example, isn't just about fire. It's about heat. Giving things heat, taking heat away, and generally understanding heat and energy. Then there's water. The understanding of liquids, how they flow, and how to change them. Earth, the understanding of solids, once again, how they work, how they flow, and how you can change them. And then air, or gas. There's all sorts of kinds of gas, but you have to learn how to control it. It works in its own way. But it's only when we understand all of these concepts that we can truly start to do some amazing things with magic, the wizard explains. He leads you inside a door to what looks like a 
gymnasium or like an ancient dark gymnasium. Inside is another wizard standing there. Hey, Bob, how are you? He says to the other wizard. Oh, Gil, good to see you. What brings you here? Says the other wizard. Well, I got this new wizard kid I found flying around on a griffin the other day. Now, he seems to understand magic quite a bit, actually. More than I first expected. However, he doesn't seem to know how to fully control it. Oh, really? says the other wizard. Show me what you mean. Now, I am the teacher for fire or energy. Do you know how to do that? asks the wizard. Show him what you got, kid, says Gil. You close your eyes and move your neck to the right and then to the left, loosening up your shoulders. You focus once again on that place and that feeling, the feeling of heat, the feeling of your body becoming very warm and just bursting into flames. And as you begin to believe that you're getting hotter and hotter and hotter, your skin begins to become very, very warm once again. And then flames burst out around your entire body. Oh my, says the wizard. Well, this is very powerful. Now, can you do less than that? What do you mean, you ask? I mean like a small flame. You don't always need to make your whole body on fire to get things done, explains the wizard. Uh, I don't know if I can. Well, let's start there, the wizard says. Turn off the flames. You allow the flames to drop away from your body and return yourself to a normal temperature. Now then, I want you to hold up one of your fingers. You put out your pointy finger and hold it up in front of you. Now, I want you to concentrate on all that heat, but just out of the tip of that one finger. You begin to focus your energy into the tip of your finger. The finger that you're focusing on becomes hotter and hotter. And then you feel a rush of energy go through your body and a flame pops up on top of it. Wow, you say, looking at the flame bounce back and forth from left to right in the air. Very good. Now, how about your hand? You focus on your hand, allowing the whole palm of your hand to become warm, to fill with energy, and once again you feel the energy pass through your body and into the palm of your hand, and fire shoots up out of it. Once again you watch it dance back and forth. Now, shut it off. You shut it off. 
Well, you do seem to have a talent for fire. But what about its other half? Asks the wizard. What do you mean its other half? Well, fire is really heat. And what is the opposite of heat? Asks the wizard. Cold, I guess? That's exactly right. Now to fully learn how to... Well, how to control heat, you must learn how to control cold. There is places where there's energy, and there's places where there's not. Uh, I don't really understand, you say. Well, understanding's not always important anyways, says the wizard. What you have to do is feel it. Now, take this flame, says the wizard. The wizard waves their wand around in a circle and then shines it down at the floor. A huge fire suddenly appears on the ground and rises up until it's the same size as you are. Now, says the wizard, what I want you to do first is feed the fire. Think about it and feel it getting warmer and warmer and bigger and bigger. You again turn inward. You connect your energy to the fire itself. You feel its energy and then you start to increase the energy. You make it get hotter, which kind of feels like it going faster. And the more you think about it going faster or getting hotter, the bigger the flame in front of you becomes. Now, says the wizard, do the opposite. Slow it down. Take the heat away. You begin to focus on the fire once again. And this time, you allow your mind to become calmer to feel slower, and as you do, the fire becomes smaller. Good, 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 says the wizard. Now, take all of the heat out of it altogether. Completely stop the fire, says the wizard. You begin to focus more and more. You focus on the fire becoming colder, becoming slower, and the fire slowly disappears and then extinguishes. Good, good, good. But now we must put you to the test, says the wizard. The wizard waves its wand around in the air fire bursts out of it and shoots out in front of you. The fire forms itself into a fire elemental, a human-looking person made entirely of flames. Now, defend yourself, says the wizard. The huge flaming person shoots fire at you. You immediately stick out your staff and stop the fire. You feel the fire coming at you, and you allow the energy to pass around you. But 
the flames get hotter and hotter. The fire elemental turns up the heat and continues to blast it around you. You cover yourself in a huge shield of fire. You attempt to suck the fire from the elemental into the shield. But no matter how hard you try, the fire keeps coming. You begin to try to fight it with your own fire. You blast the fire back at the elemental, and before long, you and the elemental are both shooting a huge column of fire that's pushing against the other. You push the fire back and forth. You almost get it to the elemental, and the elemental almost gets it to you. While you're doing it, you hear the wizard. Now, um, have you ever heard that saying, fighting fire with fire? Asks the wizard. Yes, you say, as you try to keep the fire up. Well, that's very bad advice. I highly recommend not fighting fire with fire at all. I recommend fighting fire with, well, the opposite of fire, or well, water works too. Oh, right, you realize. Trying to put out a fire elemental by hitting it with fire is, well, it's an exercise in futility, let's just say. So instead of doing that, you expand your energy into the fire. You feel the power from the elemental pushing against you, moving quicker, and you begin to imagine slowing it down and taking the heat away. As you do, your column of fire disappears and you begin to suck the fire from the elemental into your staff. You pull all of the heat out of it and imagine it getting colder and colder and colder. You watch as ice begins to form on the ground around you and spreads around the entire room then up to the elemental. And as it does, the fire goes out on its legs, and then its body, and then the ice climbs up its arms and over its head and leaves the elemental completely frozen in a huge block of ice. Ah, very good. I think this one is worth training, says the wizard. Now, that's probably enough to one day. Um, Gil, do you remember where the dorm rooms are? Uh, yeah, I think I do, says Gil. Follow me, kid. Gil leads you out of the room, back into the main area, and upstairs. When you get to the area where the dorms are, you come to another person... This person looks a lot like an elf or something. Hello, welcome to the dormitories, says the elf. Do you need a room? Uh, yeah, you say. This way. The elf leads you down the hallway with a big key in its hand. It gets to a huge wooden door, puts the key in, turns it, 
and opens the door. Inside, you see a fully contained room with a bedroom, kitchen area, library, and desk, and everything you really need when you're studying magic. He gives you the key which you take in your hand and put into your pocket, and you walk inside the dorm room. Well, I'll leave you here for a few days. Once you learn enough magic, come back and see me, says Gil. Gil walks away and disappears down the hallway. You close the door and go and sit on your bed. It's very comfy and very cozy. You lay back and pull the covers over top of you. Your eyes begin to become heavy and you just let them close. You yawn. <laughs> And you notice anywhere there's tension in your muscles, starting with your shoulders and then your arms, your legs and your feet, your body, and last, your head. You allow yourself to sink down deeper into the mattress. And before long, you drift off to a world of sleep. Good night, everyone.